You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding, the ones who want an inside look at the vault, this is Views from Street. Now, Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another outstanding edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, your only Carolina Panther podcast. My name is Rob Brown, host of the award-winning Rob Brown Show right here in Greenville, South Carolina. Of course, that's available on the Honesty app, as is every episode of the Views from Mint Street podcast. So make sure you like and subscribe to both the Rob Brown Show and the Views from Mint Street podcast. Along with me, as always, every single episode, the great one, Lonzo writes on my co-host and partner in crime as we get set for this Sunday's matchup, Carolina on the road after a handful of games at the bank and then one at Atlanta. They travel to OHIO to take on Joey Ice, Joe Burrow, and his Bengals, Sanj Jamar Chase. And that's a big help for us. Obviously, I know I should wear a cape with Captain Obvious plastered across it, but this game is very, very interesting, and we will get into the X's and O's about why here in a minute. But before we get there, I wanted to talk about this. We have talked about Lonzo at great lengths over the past handful of podcasts. Finding the guys that want to be here. Finding the guys that want to be a part of the foundation. Finding the guys that want to be the ones who turn the page on the Matt Rule era and bring us to a new era of success, of playoff appearances, of playoff wins, etc., etc. Well, I am very intrigued by the comments of not one, but two different Carolina Panthers who have spoken out. One of them we know will be a part of the foundation. Why? Because Carolina turned down two picks and a guy who at least has the potential to be a very good running back from the LA Rams to keep him in Brian Burns. The other guy who made a comment this week was Baker Mayfield. Bake got asked about the possibility of staying in Carolina, despite what has, I think, fairly uh, been called an unsuccessful debut with the Panthers this season. Baker said earlier in the week, after our last pod, as he rocked the, I don't know, Metallica slash Lemmy slash Gardner Minshew handlebar mustache down to the chin. It's, it's called a Fu Manchu. Great look for yeah, Baker. Fu Manchu works for him. Ah, great look for Baker. Uh, he was asked about his future with Carolina, and he said, I would be happy to be here for a long time, but I've got to focus on the now, right? Which I think every football player is going to say. i got to focus on the now. But Baker asked about long-term, and you know, it's awkward when you got a bunch of mics jammed in your grill that have Panther flags on them to go, yeah, no, I can't wait to get the hell up out of Dodge. But he sounded sincere, and professional Baker, since he showed up in Charlotte, really has been, for the most part, a pretty straight shooter 
top to bottom, he said, I would be happy to stay here, but we got to focus on the now. And yes, the now includes obviously being the best backup he can be for PJ Walker until it's his turn to shine again. The now includes Cincinnati. The now includes the rest of this year because yes, we are now two games behind the Falcons, but we got a chance to claw to get back to level with them just a few days later when we have a Thursday game next week against Carolina at, or excuse me, against Atlanta at home. Bake says, got to focus on the now, but I'd like to be here long term. At the same time as Baker says that, Brian Burns told Will Kunkel out of Fox in Charlotte that he loves being in Charlotte, that he is very confident that he will resign with and stay with the Panthers, and that, quote, it would break my heart to leave my defense, end quote. While all of that is happening, Shaq got on the mic yesterday and was asked about the direction that Steve Wilkes has his team pointed. And he said, effectively, Steve Wilkes is bringing back all of the things that it used to mean to be a Carolina Panther. He sounded very committed, very optimistic moving forward. Obviously, Shaq's contract is not going to be anywhere near Brian Burns, but it is still not as much of a team-friendly contract for the production you're getting out of him. Yada, 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 money, money, money. Here are three dudes, three stalwarts on this team, one that should be, one that is, and one that could be, and all three of them coming and saying, things are good right now in Charlotte. I said this on the show earlier this week, Lonzo, and I'll say it again on the pod. The team's not good, all right? It's just not. It is what it is. We all accept that. But this is the most optimistic, the most positive I have felt about the direction to this franchise in a while. And I can say that because when is the last time that we talked about David Tepper? That's a good question, but I think all these things point towards one person, and that one person is absent, and he's absent because he no longer is with the franchise because he was let go. So Matt Rule's rule was much worse than what we already we already knew they were a bad team under Rule, but apparently there are a lot of things that he did that people did not like. People meaning the players did not like, but one thing that the Panthers have been. As far as that goes, when, when, when a, a team is losing, they're usually disgruntled to the point where you're hearing a lot of chatter. Didn't really hear a lot of chatter during that time, but we're starting to hear some things now about what it was like then and about what it's like now, which is also a vote of confidence towards Wilkes and how much the players really like him. And the fact that some people have wondered about, you mentioned Tepper, what it's like underneath him. Uh, they're not saying anything about him. They're not saying anything about the GM. They're not saying anything about the person that they really want to say something about yet. And they're starting to do that. Matt Rule definitely, uh, how he kept them quiet. I don't, I don't, in this day and age in, in the NFL, it's hard to believe we didn't hear a bunch of stuff. We've pinned a lot on Matt Rule. And I think... Because Steve Wilkes is, I, I hate calling him an old hat. I hate calling him old school because I think it's, it's. first off, I don't know if it's correct. And second, I think it's kind of lazy. But I, I, I do think that Steve Wilkes is just kind of the football coach who understands 
the psychology of the NFL player better than the college player. And I think Matt Rule was a guy who has a college football mentality, which is why he's a better college coach, right? Like we've talked about the difference. I'm sure any of you who have listened to Sports Talk Radio for more than, I don't know, seven or eight minutes has heard the discussion about, you know, in college, it is coach first, it is team first, it is authority first, and it's not that way at the NFL. That's why Urban Meyer failed as badly as he did. It's for the same reason as Matt Rule. I think that with the OOU, one of us, and all that stuff that came out in those reports the last few weeks after Rule got fired, I think that there is a a, a glaring illustration between him and Urban Meyer, both with Herb's stories about making it about him, about kicking kickers because they weren't doing it the way he wanted it done, et cetera, et cetera. It illustrated that the college authority first and everybody else second psychology mentality does not work at the NFL level. Steve Wilkes is a guy that makes sure everybody in the locker room is happy, is content, is on the same page because that is how you build a successful NFL franchise. And that is why during Rule's tenure, you didn't really have guys speaking out about anything, not just about GMs or owners or fran- about anything at all, right? It was always coach speak or player speak and nothing else. And now, two or two and a half weeks after Steve Wilkes takes over as the head coach, now you got players coming out and going, I want to be here. We're in the right direction. We're bringing back the old Panther way. We're bringing back the way, uh, the stuff that it used to mean to be a Panther. It's back. I want to stay here. I want to be here. This is my team, my defense, et cetera. I honestly think there is something to that now. Yeah, You know what? Wilkes, I think, is is a hybrid to a degree. I think he's a player's coach, but also a disciplinarian. And and, and you can be that. And when I, what I'm not the straight-up disciplinarian, like run 3,000 laps, but the guy that if you mess up, he's going to let you know about it. The guy, the guy that you are trying really hard, just because you don't want him to uh, to be disappointed in you. Not so much that man, uh, coach is going to get on me. I'm going to have to. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He he also has a snark to him. If you watch his press conferences, that I really appreciate because it's underneath. Sometimes abrupt, and sometimes the media doesn't get it entirely. I think they're starting to get it, and I'm picturing his coaching style being a lot the same way. I really like the guy. Uh, is he going to get the job? I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens in in the months to come if he's able to turn things into wins. Maybe he gets to keep the job, but whether he does or not, I think they're in better hands now than where they were in, at the beginning of the season. No, I agree entirely. Like I said, I I, I think it has become overwhelmingly obvious that the way that Matt Rule managed was with a very traditional college football psychology. And I don't know how long it is going to take for NFL teams to realize and recognize that guys with that mentality do not work out, right? Like even Hoodie, uh, one one of my favorite clips ever, uh, which was so dumb, but made me laugh hilariously, was when Randy Moss played with the Patriots. Uh, and this video came across my my computer screen like a week and a half ago, and I found myself watching it all over again. Uh, but it but it strikes 
uh, the conclusion I'm driving at here. There's a video where Randy Moss walks into Hoodie's office and Hoodie's behind the desk and Randy sits down and Randy's talking to him and he's like, hey, coach, we're throwing a Halloween party. I don't know if you'd be into that, right? And we want you to come. You know, we, we're cool. Like even Randy Moss, one of the most confident people in America talking to the Hoodie was like, you know, if you're into that, if you want to, if you think it might be fun. And, and Bill's like, tell me more. Randy's like, well, it's a, you know, it's a costume party. We're renting a roller rink. We're going to go. Everybody's going to dress up. There's going to be a, a costume contest, yada, yada, yada. And Bill's like, yeah, I'm in. That'll be fun. That sounds cool. I'll do it. I'll dress up. And Bill Belichick put on a costume and showed up and rollerbladed with the team. And you could see the boys rallied around that. They were like, this is great, man. Like hoodie came out of a shell for us. And it's that type of camaraderie, uh, that type of mentality. Even Hoodie, noted dictator of the Patriots, knows, understands what it takes to make sure that the boys recognize that they are every bit as important to the success or failure of that franchise as the guy who rocks the headset on Sunday afternoon. Rule, based on all these reports and stories that are coming out now of Charlotte, very obviously did not get that, right? Like, he didn't get that. And I think that's part of the reason the team never bought into him. A part of the reason, not the whole reason, but a part of a major part of the reason why the team did not buy into him. Whereas Wilkes is kind of the opposite. You can be a hard-nosed coach. And still let the players know you are every bit as important to this franchise as I am. You are ever you have. I can be the greatest coach in the world, but if you aren't bought in, invested, and out there doing what I'm telling you to do, we're all going to fail together, uh, and vice versa. You guys can go out there and be the best athletes in the world, but if I don't coach you the way you need to be coached, we're going to fail no matter how good you are. That didn't go well with Matt Rule and the way that Matt Rule coached this team. It is going well with Steve Wilkes, which is why, like I said, you see Brian Burns, you see Shaq, you see Baker, all these guys now coming out with glowing things to say about a Panthers franchise that between two years ago and week six of this year, ain't nobody had nothing good to say about that team that was wearing helmets on Sundays for the most part. And now all of a sudden glowing reviews coming out that though, that is my cause for being as optimistic about this team as I have been since they drafted cam. Uh, So, but the, but the next thing is, are you going to be optimistic about wins and when the wins are going to come? Um, I do like the team's direction. But the only bad part about that, not trying to be negative here, the only bad part about that is if you're moving in the right direction, but you don't stick with the guy who's who's taking you that way. And interim is interim for a reason. Um, and maybe this is their way of saying this is the guy we want to be here, and we'll see if, if that continues and if the players' voices are heard at the end of the year. Because right now, who's available? Who's out there that you're going, all right, yeah, I like Steve Wilkes, but this guy we got to bring this guy in. This guy has to be the next coach. And in truth, usually when a coach is replaced, we're already seeing all everyone go, here are my top three uh, candidates. for. Have you heard anything about that? And I'm just sitting there thinking, usually you do, and haven't heard a thing about that at all. Not a peep. And, and, and you're exactly right, right? Like there's been talk about – there's a – 
metric boatload of articles out there about here are the people Carolina should be looking at, should be interviewing, should be talking to. And remember, there there is an, an extra part in that, in that, you know, more than likely, I, I, I think – Tep and Fit are going to be walking away from the college football coach turned NFL coach. Uh, they're going to be walking away from that experiment, that thought process for a while. Uh, so they're going to be looking within the NFL ranks. And obviously you want somebody who is, you know, actively coaching. So they can't really be conducting interviews, but there's no reports or anything about, you know, we're looking at this guy. This guy's a person of interest. The Panthers are going to target this guy, which I'm not saying that they are leaning towards Steve Wilkes. I am saying it would be fair to make that assumption based on the way the team is playing right now, based on the fact that they were one of two field goals being good away or one chin strap staying hooked on from being the divisional leaders today. All right, let's take a look at this weekend's game. Cincinnati hosts Carolina on Sunday at 1 p.m. You are listening to the Views from Mint Street podcast available where major podcasts are found on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Apple, iTunes, or for free on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that app to your digital devices and don't miss a minute. We're dropping you Three episodes a week all the way through the regular season. And when we get to the offseason, if you are like us and the NFL is a year-round project for you, then you want to stay on board because we'll be dropping you a couple of episodes every week throughout the offseason as well. Let's get into this game a little bit, Zoe. We'll, we'll, we'll get down and kind of macro or should say micro look the X's and O's, the Jimmy's and the Joe's in a minute, but I'll start with this. For the I mentioned the optimism. There's a part of me that looks at this game and thinks there's absolutely a chance for an upset in this game, right? I, I, I look at this, and it's been a while since I've said that, but there's absolutely a potential for an upset in this game. The spread right now has hovered between six and a half and seven and a half. It's bounced up and down a couple of times, uh, which means that it's a pretty good number because when it moves up and down, you got guys putting cash back down on the other side. We are plus 280 on the money line with an over under set at 42 and a half. PJ Walker has been announced as the starter in this one. Uh, let me give the overall view and then we'll get Lonzo's thoughts as well. The biggest thing going on here, Cincinnati's offensive line. It's not good. In fact, they spent all that cash after their offensive line got blowed up in the Super Bowl last year to upgrade the OL. And it hasn't really gotten better. Now, Joey B and his wide receivers kind of started to put it together. They found a little life. Remember, Cincinnati went down to New Orleans, a three-win football team. They went down to New Orleans, and they needed everything they had to get by the Saints, a team that we've already defeated in our house, but we've already beat them. The offensive line for Cincinnati is not good. The defensive line for Carolina is very good. How do I know about 
How about this, Lonzo? Derek Brown with 15 more tackles would tie Kwan short for the most tackles by a Panthers defensive tackle in a single season in franchise history. That defensive line is good. Cincinnati's offensive line is bad. And without Jamar Chase, the primary target for Joey Burrow is not playing. He's got to look at number two receiver as number one. We're going to talk more about it up and down, left and right. But Zoe, their biggest weakness matches up with our biggest strength. And then you throw J.C. Horn back there. A guy who, through the past, what, six weeks, has allowed, I think, four catches for, like, three total yards. There's a chance to create a little chaos. Joey Burrow has shown he'll turn the football over if he gets run out of the pocket. Their biggest weakness matches up with our biggest strengths, and that gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, that's the thing. You know that the Panthers should be able to uh, put pressure on Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow has spent a lot of time on his back for a couple seasons now. Dude is very durable because he's still playing in the NFL with the kind of offensive line they keep putting in front of him in Cincinnati. This is one of those, as a defender, you're salivating. You can't wait for Sunday because you know you're going to be able to get back there. You're going to be able to take that quarterback down. And again, one the defense is good, getting better, on the edge of great for the Panthers. And the defensive backfield, like you said, you can't throw J.C.'s way. You can't do that. And you're really going to struggle when you're running around back there for your life trying to find that open receiver. And the scariest, scariest thing, I don't know, you would you be more afraid, as Burrow, uh, of seeing Brian Burns bearing down on you or Derek Brown? Yes. I gotta put I gotta put the edge on Derek Brown just because he's so much bigger. He's awesome, <laughs> and he shouldn't be able to move as fast as he does. He is a hoss. Fifteen more tackles sets the franchise record for single season tackles by a defensive tackle in uh, franchise history. Uh, yes, we have got the hosses up front to cause a little chaos without Jamar Chase available. Oh, and by the way, Lyle Collins, an offensive tackle who gives them a little depth. He has not practiced all week. Now, we are recording this on Friday afternoon. The Bengals nor Panthers have dropped, excuse me, the Bengals have not dropped their Friday injury report yet. Now, let's flip. Let's look at their defense. Let's look at our offense. We found our identity. We know what our identity is. Our identity is to run the football. Here's the bad news. As we sat down to record this podcast, we got the injury report. Chuba Hubbard is out for this week. He did not practice today. He was limited at practice since that ankle injury on Wednesday and Thursday. He was a DNP today, and he has been moved from doubtful to out for this game. So it is going to be... Uh, on Deontay Foreman. Once again, we will see who it is that's going to step up and pick up the slack, but Foreman has been that dude. Feed me more. Give him the rock. Let him continue to open up the field. Let him continue offensively to demand Cincinnati pay attention. On top of that, 
uh, Chidobi Ouze, the outstanding cornerback for Cincinnati, did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, which means their back end, if he is unable to go, the back end of the Bengals defense is going to be missing a key part of the success that they have had. My question for you, Zoe, is P.J. Walker went out to Los Angeles, had himself a decent opportunity. He beat Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Last week, he should have beat the Atlanta Falcons and taken the NFC South lead. P.J. Walker did everything and then a little bit more to give us a shot to win that game, but a 15-yarder and two missed field goals ended up being our undoing. Here's the question. Without Ouzle back there for the Bengals, can P.J. Walker, now that there's a little tape on him, now that there's a little film on him, now that the Bengals have had a few games to get an eyeball on P.J. and what his tendencies are, could P.J. Walker catch the Bengals by surprise, like he did the Bucks, like he did the Falcons, and continue to open up space for Deontay Foreman and the rest of the running backs? All right, so I'm not as high on P.J. Walker from last week because if he hadn't thrown that Hail Mary and it hadn't been caught, I think people would be talking about him a little bit differently. I think he struggled more in this last game than he than he has uh, since he's been a starter. And I think he's looking over his shoulder a little bit, which maybe he should. Um, and I hope that doesn't cause him to press because he feels like it's necessary to prove himself every week instead of settling in and going, okay, this is my job. Because he hasn't been named the starter for the entire season. So every week appears to be a um, a tryout for him. And I think sometimes it looks like a tryout. I think he needs to settle in a little bit more. But Cincinnati is the kind of team that you can do that. You can do that for sure. I'm looking at it all over the place at different predictions. No one's predicting the Panthers to win this game. And uh, I'm just hoping that Cincinnati feels the same way. But it, imagine being in P.J.'s spot. He was the fourth-string quarterback kept moving up because of injury, then he's the first-string quarterback, comes out and does what he does. But those guys that you replaced, are, are one of them is healthy, one of them will be uh, healthy soon. Those guys are back there waiting to get in. Those guys have gotten more of the media attention than anybody else, and you're just out there doing your thing. He can't afford to have a mediocre game. Here's the way I look at it. P.J. Walker is playing with house money right now, right? Because like Lonzo said, he came into this as, you know, third or fourth string QB, depending on how you viewed Matt Cor- uh, Matt Corral. Uh, you're looking at Matt Corral, sorry. You're looking at a guy who probably came into the year not expecting to see the field, right? Then it gets bounced up, gets to be the starter due to injury, comes in, wins some games. Steve Wilkes has not committed to P.J. Walker as the season-long starter, right? So, yeah, of course, he knows that he goes out and has a bad game or two, and back comes Baker and or Sam Darnold and or some combination of both. I I have a theory on that. I think Steve Wilkes is leaning more towards Sam Darnold, and that's why he hasn't said anything. 
Because if it was Baker, it would be different. Baker would be mentioned. It's like he's waiting for something. See, I, I, I disagree, and here's why. I said I, it was a theory. I mean, can, can, can you... You can disprove the theory. I, 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 yeah, right I, I know you are. Um, you're wrong, but still, go ahead. So, I think that Steve Wilkes is in a spot where he's got a quarterback who's got a hot hand. Right? PJ played really well against Atlanta. It was not on him. But he's got a QB with a hot hand. He's got a QB that two missed field goals and a dumb penalty aside won back-to-back divisional games. He's got a QB that was should be leading the number one team in the division this weekend. I know he wants to keep the door open because at the end of the day, yes, Baker Mayfield on paper should be more talented and have more ability and more success than P.J. Walker. But you stick with a hot hand guy till the hand ain't hot anymore. Uh, he's not going to commit to him because, yes, he wants to keep Baker. He wants to keep Sam because regardless of how he feels about P.J. or anybody else at the end of the day, Steve Wilkes knows he is coaching for a job next year. Whether it's in Charlotte or anywhere else, he is coaching for a job next year. But I also think that if he was already looking towards one of the two, first off, I think if he was looking to Sam, Sam would have been elevated. Sam would be active. Sam would be ready, right? He's still within that window to come back from the IR. I think he's got another two weeks uh, to come back or he's got to go on permanently. I suspect he will. We saw him before the last two games out on the field, taking snaps, doing dropbacks in a simulated situation, et cetera. Uh, And the fact that Baker has multiple times, right? After the end of the Panther game, after that TD pass that DJ hauled in, who was the first guy to come over and congratulate PJ Walker? Baker Mayfield. Kissed him on the helmet. Didn't even bring his helmet out there with him. Kissed PJ on the helmet, gave him a hug, whatever. And then, remember... Baker has, over the past week and a half, had multiple comments where he said, I'm focused on being the best backup quarterback I can be. My job is to help P.J. Walker be prepared. I like Charlotte. I like Carolina. I would like to stay here long term, but I'm focused on the now and being the best teammate and quarterback backup I can be. Baker is is giving, and again, Baker's been, in all sincerity, a true professional since he showed up. But Baker has not given us the first hint that there's any talk about getting ready in case P.J. falls down. P.J. Walker has every right to walk into this game Sunday against the Bengals with some swag, with some confidence. Dude, I am the starter. The backups are just that. Backups, not QBs in waiting. They're not over there with their helmet on, ready to come in because I threw an interception or or an incomplete pass. They're the backups. I'm the starter, and I'm going to play like it. And I think taking that weight off of him, and that's how I feel Steve Wilson's handling this. That's how I feel the backup QBs of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are are handling it. I think it kind of takes the albatross off the neck of P.J. Walker and cuts him free a little bit to go do P.J. Walker stuff. And P.J. Walker stuff has worked the last two weeks in a row. All right, the Views from Mid Street podcast rolls on. Uh, thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We are glad to have you. If it is your first time, or if you have got Panther friends, Panther family, Panther people who are walking by on the sidewalk and have a Panther hat on in your life, 
We want you to tell them about the views from Ministry Podcast. Grab on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, on Odyssey. Off to the right are two little icons. One's going to be a heart. The other one's going to be like three circles with little lines connecting them. That's the share button. If you click that button, it's going to give you the opportunity to share the pod, either give you a website link that you can send to people, or it will give you the option to post it straight to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you might enjoy your social media-ing. Click that share button and let the Panthers fans in your life Grab a little Views from Mint Street podcast so that we can continue to grow the pod and keep this going for many, many years. We are keeping an eye and breaking down Carolina at Cincinnati. Uh, look, this is the first game in a hot minute where we are dogs. And we are dogs, ladies and gentlemen. Do not for a second think that despite the optimism, we are anything but a dog. We are a touchdown Dog. We have gotten some sites that are giving us six and a half, some that are giving us seven and a half. It averages out to being seven points fewer than Cincinnati is expected to put on us by Las Vegas. And obviously there is some level of weight to that to be discussed and considered. But I just like this game to risk treading on territory we've already been to and through, Lonzo. Our strengths and their weaknesses line up. Their strengths are not as strong as they usually are with Jamar Chase out, with Uze Bat out. Their strengths are not as strong as they usually are, and they don't really match up with our strengths, right? Or with our weaknesses, I guess. I should say we are able to run the football. They are okay at stopping the run. We are able to uh, we're able to run the football. It really in any spot in the field, they have been just okay at stopping the run. In fact, I'm I'm looking down the list right now uh, of where they stand uh, against the run. The Bengals are giving up six point four yards per rushing attempt. Lonzo, I'm really bad at math. But if you're averaging 6.4 yards per rushing attempt, you're probably you're probably going to run the ball, I'm thinking, you know, cuz cuz two of those means a first down. Yeah. You know, yeah. They That's do. pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh the Bengals are hanging out uh right around middle of the league in yards per game allowed. In terms of rushing touchdown, uh, rushing touchdowns allowed, the Bengals are sitting where my prep go. Uh, the Bengals are sitting once again around. Uh, actually, they're second in touchdowns allowed with seven. The only team that's given up fewer uh, on the defensive side, hilariously enough, is the Denver Broncos. Uh, they do have six interceptions on the year, which ranks them uh, about middle of the pack as well. So listen, they are with the exception of not giving up rushing touchdowns, they do give up plenty of yards. Uh they are a uh, pardon the 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 YOLO kids word. They're mid, man. They're mid. They're a mid-tier defense. Our offense has clicked. It clicked against Atlanta, it clicked against Tampa Bay. The only thing that I am afraid of here, Lonzo, the only thing that I'm afraid of I'm afraid we try to get cute. 
I'm afraid we look at the end of that game against Atlanta. We threw the ball relatively well. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. had a really good game. Glad he broke out of the shell. DJ Moore has back-to-back weeks done DJ Moore things, including that ridiculous touchdown catch. Uh, PJ, I'm sure, felt more comfortable throwing the ball. The only thing that I hope we don't do, and teams do this all the time, it confounds me how many times this happens, that running teams go out, the run opens up the pass, they have a good day passing, and then they go, oh, we're a throwing team now. No, you're not. No, you're not. Don't get cute, Ben McAdoo. Don't get fancy, Ben McAdoo. You saw what worked. It worked. Go back to the well until the well dries up. The only fear, honestly, the only fear I have about this offense being stifled, Zoe, is that we decide to try to get cute. We decide to try to spice it up a little bit. We try. We decide to try to go through the air and give away everything we've worked to build on the ground. See, I don't think you can look at what Foreman's done the last two games and go, well, we should go away from this guy. Uh, even McAdoo wouldn't look at this and go, you know what? We got something through the air. Let's do this. No. They realize, and you know what? I don't think Wilkes will allow that because when he took over, he said, we're running the ball. I don't think anything has changed, uh, especially while running the ball has worked really well. Has it equated to a lot of wins? Not yet, but it might. And you're going to, you, you mentioned Cincinnati being mid. They're four and four. I mean, you can't get any more mid than that. And there's a reason for that. They're not, it still, it, it confounds me. I don't understand why. And I guess if you just look at the record and go, okay, obviously the Panthers have a worse record. Of course, they're going to lose to Cincinnati. But the matchups say something totally different. And the way those passing lanes opened up uh, last week and the week before is because the Panthers ran the ball. No way they go away from that. No, I think, I, again, no way they go away from that is how I feel. <laughs> However, how I feel has been contrary to what this team has done a handful of times, right? Let's look at that. Let's look at where they stand on the schedule. They open the season 0 and 2. A lot of shock. A lot of shock about the Bengals at 0 and 2. Lost to a bad Steelers team. Lost to the Cowboys. Turns out the Cowboys are okay. It's that post Super Bowl slump that they talk about. Uh, but they reeled off two in a row. They beat the Jets. The Jets have turned out to be a decent football team. Mm. Uh, they beat the Dolphins. But remember, the Dolphins The Dolphins in games in which Tua Tungavailoa has not been hospitalized. Uh, or was not still hospitalized, uh, are undefeated. But, you know, you beat them by 12. Then uh, they fell to the Ravens. They beat the Saints late in that game. Uh, The best they looked was when they played at home against Atlanta. They won the game 35-17, a team that we just lost to last week. But they turned around. They went on the road. Monday Night Football. They took on their cross-state rivals, the Cleveland Browns. They got whooped. They got whooped. I mean, worked in that game. And here's the thing. The Browns are 3-5. and five. We should be 3-5 and five at this point. The Browns really didn't do anything special. Jacoby Brissett went 17 of 22 for 278 and a touch. Could P.J. go 17 of 22 for 278 and a touch? Yeah, I I mean, I still think it would be an excellent P.J. Walker performance, but it's possible. Nick Chubb carried 23 times for a buck 01 and two touchdowns. 
Kareem Hunt, 11 carries for 42. I would feel much better if Chuba Hubbard was available to kind of split reps. But lines up. Could Dante Foreman go 23 carries for a buck one and two touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of done that the last couple yeah. of weeks. So, yeah, he could do that. Amari Cooper, five grabs, a buck 31 and a touch. That's a pretty good number. One of those touchdowns was a 53-yard touchdown reception. So, realistically, Amari had about a 80 to 90-yard day, but he broke one. Could DJ Moore go five grabs for 80 to 90 yards and maybe break one that upset total to a buck 30 without them having one of their best defensive backs available because he's hurt? Yes. If he does, here's what I hope. I hope they've fastened an electronic thing to his chin strap where it can't come off until he reaches the sideline. They put like a like a geotag on it. It's only unlocked if he's sitting on the bench. Like, yes. my, like my phone. When I get to the house, my phone will automatically unlock itself. It's that but a helmet. I like it. Uh, listen, the Browns beat the Bengals 32-13. They... Didn't do anything special. You know what the Browns did? They ran a ball. They ran the ball, and they played consistent football. That's it. Now, the Bengals passed for 232 yards in that game. Joey B went 25 of 35 or 25 of 35 for 232, two touches and a pick. Joey Burrow is gonna get his yardage. All right, he's gonna get his yardage. Button down close. Don't let them beat you close. There were about 11 Bengals that had a reception in this game. They're going to spread the ball around. Don't panic. Don't panic if Trent Taylor grabs one. Don't panic if Samaj Pirine grabs one. Don't panic if Joe Mixon grabs one out of the backfield. Don't panic. Play your assignment. Limit them. This is, Lonzo, a very good Carolina defense, and all I need them to do here, Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. They're going to get their yardage. They're going to get first downs. It's going to happen when you get into the red zone. Bend, but don't break, and you give yourself a real good chance to win this football game. Well, the other thing is, by playing uh, good on offense and running the ball and winning time of possession, you're going to force them to have to throw the ball more. You force them to throw the ball more. Uh, they're playing right into the Panthers' hands. I love the DBs. I, I I hate that some of the defensive players are hurt for the Panthers, but even the backups are really good. And as we talked about that front line, that front seven, we're really, really good. The Panthers are really, really good. And Burrow is an excellent quarterback. He really is. But he doesn't have the offensive line to protect him. I just it, it still it still bothers me that no one thinks the Panthers have a chance in this game. Well, like I said, uh, for those of you that have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I consider myself the realist, which for most of you means the pessimist. I really and, like this game, and I am just like the uh, sign behind me in the studio. I'm the fan. Oh, got it. I was like the what, and then I realized that's the name of the station. We need every situation I can. I am optimistic. Do I think we win the game? No. Do I think there's absolutely an upset that's brewing? Do I think that the possibility is there? We play our best game. We could win this game. By the way, Frankie Louvu, welcome back. Have a day, young man. Go harass Joey Burrow. 
Go hit Joe Burrow. Go force a turnover. We absolutely got a chance in this football game. There's no doubt about that in my brain. All right, so we probably should do predictions as we end uh, the podcast. I mentioned several times I am the fan on on the show. I am wearing a Panthers t-shirt. The fan is behind me. The fan is in my heart. The fan is in my soul. And I realistically believe the Panthers could win this game. And so I'm going to say they are. I'm going to say the Panthers win by a field goal because that would be, you know, a good way for the uh, for for Eddie Pinero to get back in everyone's good graces. You ain't wrong. Uh, I'm in the ballpark, but I am flipping the score a little bit. Uh, I think the Panthers are very pesky in this game. I think they they get after Joe Burrow. I think that Joe Burrow is potentially going to turn the ball over once in this game. Uh, The Panthers are in a rebuild, but... P.J. Walker has spread the ball around better than any quarterback has in a long time. That is going to give a banged-up Cincinnati defense some problems keeping up. Uh, When the war of attrition sets in, I actually think offensively it will benefit the Panthers and run the ball. I am going to say that Joey B. and the Bengals are just a touch better than we are right now. I say Bengals 24, Panthers 21. I have already... Bet the Panthers to cover the spread. That means that a dub is absolutely possible. It'll take our best effort, but it's absolutely possible. Final words for the people. Great one. Run the ball. Keep your helmet on. Kick a field goal. Win the game. Run the goddamn football. I agree. Could not agree more. That is it for us, ladies and gentlemen. The next episode of the Views from Mint Street podcast comes your way on Monday. We will have reaction to this game on Sunday, a full breakdown of this game on Sunday, and start looking to the week ahead. Y'all have a great weekend. Be safe out there, and we will see you back here. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Views from Mint Street podcast. We'll have your next one on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Keep pounding, baby!